Welcome to Dram Talk, your new mates on your journey into the world of whiskey. I'm Brad. And I'm Daniel. And today we'll be looking at the Glenmorangie 12-year-old Malaga cask finish. This was the Whiskey Club's Whiskey of the Month for February uh, 2021. So, hence why it's on our Dram Talk Express episode. Yeah. Right. Now, Daniel, Glenmorangie, what are they known for? So, they are located in the Highland region of Scotland, and they're quite popular for their smooth, mild, and often sweet whiskey. Um, I guess a lot of that comes down to the stills they use at the distillery. Um, That's probably one of the things they're most famous for, with their stills being one of the tallest used in Scotch production. They stand at 16 feet and 10 inches high, which is roughly the height of a giraffe. Um, I know they actually did a special bottling where they had like a giraffe pattern tin. Uh, Now, the benefit of this is that the extra height in the stills ensures that the distillate runs back down the neck uh, before exiting through the line arm. Now, um, in the process of distillation, a lot of the impurities are removed from the whiskey when it comes in contact with the copper. So, that's the benefit of having such tall um, necks of the stills. And this process is known as reflux. Yeah, and just with having the taller stills as well, it just results in a more delicate, fruity, and creamy spirit. Yeah, so it was a really popular spirit for people to get into. I know it was among the first ones that got me into Scotch whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are, as I mentioned, they are really on the sweet side. So um, I guess it appealed to me when I was younger. As I, as we listeners may know, I'm a little bit more savory yeah. inclined. But uh, I still, I still enjoy Glamorangy. Like they're just quality drams. No, yeah, you know, it's quality stuff. And then when it comes to their core range, that includes the original, which is the ten-year-old. Mm-hmm. They got the Nectar Door, the La Santa, the Quinta, and the Quinta Ruben, which is the fourteen-year-old. Now you might be looking at the names, thinking, "Well, they're not real conventional names for Scotch whiskey." And a lot of that kind of comes from them being owned by the. Uh, LVMH group, which is the Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy group. So they kind of purchased Glenmorangie and then they've, I guess, put new names on these bottles to try and appeal to a wider market and try to get into that, I guess, upper class bracket and just appeal to a broader range of customers. And I mean, to their credit, it works with Glenmorangie being pretty much at the top in sales when it comes to Scotch whiskey. Yeah. And I think one of the best things they do is they do special releases, limited editions, and I mean, like, for anyone who's familiar, the same company owns Ardbeg, and they do quite a few of these editions. So, this kind of business model really works well for their um, distilleries. Now, onto the bottle we have here, the Malaga cask finish. Now, some people may be wondering, like, why is this so special? (laughs) What is a Malaga cask? So, uh, Malaga casks come from the sweet fortified wine, which is made with um, Pedro Jimenez and Moscatel grapes, and it's produced in the area surrounding Spain's ancient, ancient city of Malaga. Now, the popularity of dessert wines fell considerably through the later part of the 20th century, um, and the Malaga's sweet wine industry nearly disappeared altogether. So, it's now like one of the world's rarest fortified wines. Um, and as such, Malaga casks are almost never used in Scotch whiskey because they're so hard to come by, yeah. um, which makes this bottle all the more unique. Now, Glenmorangie's director of whiskey creation, Dr. Bill Lumsden, he got his hands on a few um, casks of this and 
they were first filled Malaga Dolce casks. Now, Dolce being from the sweeter end of the Malaga spectrum. And he filled them with eight-year-old bourbon matured whiskey, which was distilled in February 2008. And they were finished in Malaga casks for four years. So they were bottled in August 2020 at 47.3% ABV. Um, and he has said that it was everything he hoped for. It was a dram that brings the sun-kissed flavors of the south of Spain to whiskey lovers old and new. It's brimming with syrup pudding, milk chocolate, honeycomb, and citrus fruits, along with gentle spices like cinnamon, ginger, and nutmeg. So, in uh, keeping with the theme of Express, let's get into the tasting. Now, one of the first things like you note about it is, I would say the color. It's like a really deep, dark colour. I do believe it is natural colour. It doesn't explicitly state it. Yeah, it doesn't state it, but I mean, like, from the fortified wines, it is usually what you'd expect from there. All right, now on the nose. Really, really sweet. Very sweet. You can almost feel, like, the, I guess, like, the syrup note just on the nose itself, not even taking it, like, on the palate yet. Yeah, yeah, you get on the nose, and what I found with a lot of the fortified wine casks is... That kind of like the dried grape raisiny notes come across really strong. And it is underpinned by a subtle spice there, but it, it is on the back end of it, like predominantly syrupy, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. The spice really does come towards the end, and it's more like a nutmeg for me as opposed to cinnamon. I don't know if I'm getting cinnamon too much, but I'm getting a bit of nutmeg. Yeah, I'm getting a bite that I guess could be attributed to ginger, but I mean, like, let's just see if that translates to the palate. <laughs> it's very, um, it arrives strong. Yeah, There's it does. a lot it going does. on there. There's a lot to it. It's super, what do you say, like viscous, like super mouth-feely. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like a really thick dram. Yeah. You get some strong notes of honey, followed by more of the spices. So the spices do come through on the palate for me. Yeah, and there's a creaminess that I guess would be attributed to that milk chocolate. Yeah, the creaminess of it is pretty similar to, I guess, what we experienced with the Abuna Alba. It's almost similar to that, but it's really interesting when you think about it, though, because with the Abuna Alba being just in a bourbon cask, right? Oak barrels. Yep, yeah. Sorry, so... Um, with this having this sweet wine finish, like there is a, definitely a sweetness there. There is a sweetness there, but I think it's really well balanced with the kind of spices and dried fruits that arrive at the end. You get a much more yeah, complex and balanced experience all over. Yeah, then when it comes to the finish as well, it's a pretty long finish. Like I still have it with me. Yep, yep. It's still going. And as I was saying, like it does mellow out from that sweetness. So I haven't found this overly sweet. It's not like turning me off it. I could quite happily drink a few of these yeah yeah even on the finish you still get the honey it carries through Mm -hmm. from there and but what i find though is that a lot more of the oakiness from the cask comes through Uh, okay yeah so the oakiness from the bourbon feel as opposed to i wouldn't assume that any oak would come from a a, a malaga cask finish but ben it's um really really good yeah and even just on that finish as well i find it's very warming um, which is something yeah. you've had with really well sherried casks. Yep. They give you a nice, warm feeling at the end that I guess we have attributed to supplementing that additional experience that Pete gives you in whiskey. Yeah, it does. It's um, it's 
been really interesting with just how much is going on. Yeah, and I think I like I want to say that comes down to the bottling. Like at 43, 47.3%, it's definitely going to carry a lot more complexity than ones you'd see less than 46. Yeah. All right, just added a little bit of water. So let's see how it holds up to that. I mean, like, you're pretty safe adding a teaspoon or two. I think with the nose as well, it's definitely a lot more sweet. Oh, okay. I was almost going to say the reverse. I find it a little bit more spiced now on the nose. Oh, really? Yeah, um, I'm getting like a bit more of this honey note. Okay. Yeah, I think the... um the I'll say the ginger and dried fruits are kind of standing out a little bit more to me now. But yeah, there is like a... Still like a really thick sweetness to it that I guess has moved from syrup. And I would say, yeah, it is probably attributed to honey. I'd say on the palate, the spiciness has come through a lot more. The honey notes have subsided on the palate. Um, but there is still a sweetness there mm. that I'd probably attribute to a dried fruit, like a raisin. Yeah, that spice, it does arrive a little bit sooner, where previously it was coming in on the finish. And the sweetness is still, like, coating the tongue. Yeah, yeah. So, still along the lines of that, yeah, kind of syrupy, honey, kind of sweet in the mouthfeel. Yeah, then... The finish as well hasn't, I guess, hasn't really been affected negatively by the water. It's still a pretty long finish. It's, yeah, like the the kind of flavors you're getting have changed slightly, but the length of it, it's just still going. I and mean, that's really good to see when you add water to it, that it holds up with both, it's like the viscosity in the mouth as well as the length of the finish. But yeah, like even still, like initial impressions on the tongue, it is still very sweet to start yeah, with before it, it does transition into that. And I think that's really what's appealing for this one for me. It's like, yes, it is sweet, but it is balanced out by these other flavors that just make it work really well. Yeah, it's got something to offset it, so it still appeals to you. Yeah. And what I'm finding, it does seem to have a lot more complexity to it, especially when you compare it with something like the Dalmore yeah. Portwood. Yeah. Like, that was just a very... What you saw is what you got, even yeah. though there was like a difference between the nose and the palate. This one, there's just a lot more complexity to it. <laughs> no, definitely, yeah. And even with um, this bottle here, like I'm really enjoying it, even though I'm inclined to a sweeter dram. Mm. So, yeah, having that complexity there is really, really good. All right, so I think we get a dram in words. Dram in words. I'll start with mine. So, the Glenmorangie 12 Malaga cask finish. For me, this is sunshine in a glass. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's got the warmth. It's got the color almost. It's just sunshine or summer in a glass. It's pretty good. Mine's pretty similar. I would say mine's um, walking through a vineyard in Europe. It's like you're out there, you're underneath like that like nice hot European sun and you're walking through like the open fields in amongst the vines. So you're getting like the sweetness from the fruit coming up and the the pleasant warmth of the sun. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Give me the ratings. On to the ratings. All right. Do you want me to start as well? Yeah. Yeah, I'll start (laughs) start as well. Um, For me, I'm going to give this a, an eight. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I have a really high opinion of this one. I don't know what it is. This is just, it just sits really, really well with me. I don't know what about you. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this a 7.8. Oh, okay, yeah. 
It's really interesting. I thought you would have um, come in higher for that one today, but you know, seven point eight—that's still pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> Just like placing it in the context, I would say it's about as equally complex and as enjoyable as the Bunnahabhain Twelve, which I also rated a seven point eight. So I think it's like that perfect balance there. So I think that probably right about wraps up an express episode, hey? Yeah, so really short. Um, we just wanted to give, I guess, like, really just wanted to give our first impressions of it so that for other members of the Whiskey Club who have tried it and our listeners, they can taste along with it and let us know what you thought, whether our impressions and ratings and dream and words match up with your experiences with it. Yeah, so thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. That's all we have time for today. It would be a huge help if you could give us a rating. Preferably if I stars. <clears throat> Wherever you get your podca- podcasts, it's a huge help. And if you'd like to get into contact, you can reach us at Dram Talk Podcast on Instagram or email us at dramtalk.au at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, our glasses may be empty, but we hope yours aren't. If they are, for another dram! <laughs>